to the XCGS Cart by Cart podcast, the first and only podcast covering Atari's last answer, the 8-bit gaming system. In episode 19, we try out a few sportball games. First, we have the opportunity to play one-on-one basketball with the legendary Dr. J and Larry Bird. Next, we promise we won't go soft on the review of the baseball game Hardball. Now, here are your hosts, David and Michael. Welcome back to another episode of the XEGS Cart by Cart podcast, and we have some two great games to talk about today, but before we do, we'll just get into news. Um, the only news we have is for me, um, I finally got my Texas, uh, sorry, Timex Sinclair 1000 working with the help of some people smarter than myself. Um, it's been a project that's taken me about six years off and on. I've upgraded some of the components inside to make it a little bit better, and I did a, a 16K, well, Technically, it's a 32K um, internal memory upgrade to that thing, but I'm still working at the bugs on that. Um, it's a it's a fickle little machine, um, but um, it's it's functioning. And uh, the only thing I have left is to load in a game, which I haven't had success with yet. For some reason, you have to get the audio levels um, just perfect um, to get it to load uh, completely. So I've tried it going through my laptop, my computer, and also I used an old tape uh, player that I had from years ago. I have one final opportunity uh, to get this working. I do actually have a, a Sinclair um, official tape recorder, so I'm going to try and hunt that down and see if that works. Maybe that'll solve all my all my problems. But I would like to be able to load things off my computer because it's a lot easier than you know carrying cassette tapes around with me to to show this machine off. But um, as soon as I get that done, I'm done with that project. I can move on to my other retro projects, which I have plenty of. So, so that's it about news. Let's get into the first game review. Bud Webb, the biggest little guy in the NBA. Hey, when I'm off the court, I'm still playing ball on my Atari video game system because guys like me have to get a jump on the big guys. With my Atari basketball game, I can go one-on-one with Larry Bird or Dr. J. I can fake them, drive around them, and make a slam dunk. An Atari basketball game is so real, it's like being in the action. Catch the action on Atari basketball. The name of the game is One-on-One, Dr. J versus Larry Bird. The publisher was Atari, which published it in 1987. 1983, it was published by Electronic Arts, and in 1985, it was published by Areola Soft UK. The model number is RX8093. The genre is sports basketball. The developers were Chuck Peavy, Greg Hammond on graphics, Eric Hammond, designer, and Apple II the developer, and for electronic arts the number of players options one one versus two or demo the controllers is basically your joystick and keyboard now let's take a look at the back of the box play basketball with larry bird or julius dr j irving you can play against the computer or challenge a friend your capabilities will be just like those of the all-stars the computer shows your shooting percentages, guarded and unguarded, and their pet shots. This amazing game features realistic offensive and defensive moves, fatigue factor, hot streaks, a shot clock, an instant replay, and a shattering backboard. Superb graphics and exciting sound put you right on the court. Like the game of basketball itself, one-on-one rewards you for playing with your head as well as your hands. Master the joystick moves. Sharpen your timing and home your reflexes. Jump, shoot, score. This award-winning action game was developed with the assistance of Larry Bird and Julius Irving. More complex game patterns, varied strategies, and excitement than ever before. Okay, let's talk about playing the game. 
Um, so the introduction. Um, in the cartridge version of the game, there is no intro screen, but in the disc version, uh, the Electronics Arts logo featuring the white scripted square, circle, and triangle is displayed and changes colors every so often as the game loads. For the title screen, you are shown the half court as a demo of Dr. J and Bird playing a game of one-on-one -on -one, uh, commences. At the lower left of the screen are the Electronic Arts logo and name. On the right, the name of the developer, Eric Hammond. Along the bottom of the screen, you'll see a scrolling marquee that presents the message, copyright 1987, Atari Corporation, Julius Irving and Larry Bird go one-on-one, -on -one. copyright 1983 by Eric Hammond. This is followed by the EA logo. So you go to the game's option menu. From the demo screen, pressing the fire button will take you to the screen where you can set up the game you would like to play. These are separated into five rows. You can also access this menu during the game by pressing the select button. The play ball row. Here's where you can resume a game already in progress. Start a new game or start the demo. Resume game. This exits you out of the screen and takes you back to the game in progress. If you were in the demo when you hit this, it would start a new game with the default option selected. You would select this after you change some settings for a game currently in play. New game. This starts a new game with the option selected. Demo. This takes you to the demo that you were introduced when you uh, plug the cartridge in and turned on your computer. The select game row. Park and rec. This is the easiest mode, so don't expect many fouls. Also, shots are easier to block and make. Varsity. This is the medium mode. The ref will start to take his job a bit more seriously, and you'll need to rely a bit more on your b-ball skills. College. I consider this the hard mode, but the manual calls this standard. Pro. At this level, the 24-second clock ticks faster, so not really 24 seconds. This is the hardest level, and the manual recommends you rely on your speed to win. The play mode row. Two-player. This allows two humans to play against one another. Joystick port one operates Dr. J, and joystick port two operates Larry Bird. Computer Dr. J. This is a one-player game where the computer plays Dr. J, and you also have computer Larry Bird. The select end of game row. Uh, you have time game. Here is where you can choose to make your four quarters two, four, six, or eight minutes long. At the end of each quarter, a tone will sound. You also have the play to a set score. Here you can choose to play to 21 or choose any two-digit score. Possession row. Winner's out. This means the guy who just scored stays on offense, a.k.a. stays in control of the ball. Loser's out. This means that when the player scores, the other player gets the ball. There's an initial option menu uh, that can be accessed by pressing the option key. Here you can uh, call a timeout uh, for players in possession of the ball. The timeout will last several seconds and uh, then the game will continue. We'll talk about why timeouts are important later on. There's also a slow motion mode option. This just slows gameplay down if you find the default speed too fast for the players. You know, maybe children mode. To turn this off, just select the slow motion option again. The half court. Those that aren't familiar with the game of basketball should understand that the one-on-one -on -one game is played on only half of a full basketball court. The bottom of the screen is considered the center line, although this game, it does seem a bit too close to the three-point line. So I don't think this represents a full half court game. 
Speaking of the three-point line, that's the wide arch. The smaller half-circle line is the free throw line. The box area under the basket is called the free throw lane. The edge of the court under the basket is called the back line. The edge of the court on the left and the right is called the sideline. And the thing you shoot is the ball, obviously. The basket is attached to the back of the backboard. The scoreboard. Here is where your score for each player is displayed. Under each score are five dashed lines. This represents your fatigue your player is currently experiencing. We'll discuss fatigue later on. It also shows the time left in the quarter. Game consists of four quarters. The quarter you're currently in is displayed as four dashes under the clock. The one in white determines the quarter you're playing. The shot clock. This is labeled shot in the upper right of the screen. It starts at 24 seconds and will count down to zero. Each time you make a shot, whether you make the shot or not, the time will reset to 24 seconds. It will also reset when the other player takes possession of the ball, like stealing it from the other player, as well as when fouls occur. We'll discuss those later. Controls. The stick moves your player around in the typical faction. When on offense, pushing the fire button starts the jump shot. Releasing it releases the ball towards the basket. A quick push on the button causes the player to spin 180 degrees. While on defense, pushing the button while close to your opponent can steal the ball as long as he's dribbling. If your opponent is performing a jump shot, pushing the button will attempt to block the ball. If the ball is bouncing off of the backboard, pressing the button will perform a rebound, which means the player now has possession of the ball. If this happens, the player must take the ball out beyond the free throw line before attempting another shot. The free throw line is a line that separates the small half circle that is placed in front of the basket. It is not the larger arch behind it. That's called the three-point arch. We'll discuss this soon. Gameplay. Player characteristics. The manual mentions that the computer knows shooting percentages, guarded and unguarded, for each player from each area of the court, as well as what their ideal shots are. Here is an idea of how to use these players most effectively. Julius Irving, a.k.a. Dr. J. He is programmed to be a step quicker driving to the basket. His moves in close are fancier, and he can stretch higher and farther, as well as hang in the air longer. Larry Bird. He is bigger and stronger, so when it comes to rebounds, he's your guy. He's also more intimidating when it comes to defense. And when it comes to those three-point shots, he's the king. Basketball rules. Aside from getting the ball into the hoop more times than your opponent, there are a couple more rules we should cover. Fouls. Anytime a player commits a foul, the ref will step onto the court and blow his whistle. Here are the offensive fouls. Traveling. In this game, this foul happens when the player fails to release the ball during a jump shot. Charging. You'll get this called against you if your player runs into the other player while they are standing still. Shot clock violation. This happens if you fail to shoot before the shot clock runs out. If this happens, control the ball will be handed over to your opponent. The defensive foul consists of hacking. You get this foul when you hit the offensive player. Blocking, when you physically move into the offensive player, and reaching in, attempting to steal the ball but fouling instead. If the defensive player has committed fewer than five fouls, the offensive player gets the ball out of bounds and the shot clock is reset.
If the defensive player has committed five or more fouls, the offensive player goes to the free throw line and shoots one free throw. If he makes it, he gets one more shot. Now, if the defensive fouls while the offensive player is shooting and the basket is good, then the offensive player goes to the free throw line and gets one free throw. If the offensive player doesn't make the shot when the foul is committed, the player goes to the free throw line and gets two shots, whether he makes the first shot or not. Ball out of bounds. When the ball goes out of bounds, the shot clock is reset and the player resumes at the top of the free throw circle, or in this case of this court, the half circle. Okay, so let's talk about scoring. Any basket made within the three-point arch gets you two points. Anything outside will get you three points. Bird has the advantage when it comes to the three-point shot. Each free throw will score you one point. Whenever a player makes a basket, the crowd erupts in thunderous applause. Fatigue. That's right. Your player can get tired out by running and jumping a lot. You can check your player's fatigue state by looking at their fatigue bar located below the player's names on the scoreboard. A fatigued player will not move as quickly and they don't defend or shoot as well. You can restore your energy by not moving and jumping less or calling for a timeout. Hot streaks. The manual isn't very definitive on this feature. It states there's no hot streak bar, but the ability to get hot is built into the game. It says you must feel when this is happening. So it's unclear what this means, but there are some hints in the manual. For Bird, if he gets four or five baskets, the next one is a sure thing. For Dr. J, if he makes five or six shots, the next one is a sure thing. Instant replay. Okay, this is pretty cool. If the computer feels like you made an exceptionally nice shot, you'll get the opportunity to see it again in slow-mo. You will not hear the crowd cheer for you during this repeat of the shot. Smashing the backboard. It is possible for a player to shatter the backboard glass, usually with a slam dunk is performed. Although in real life this results in multiple issues, in the computer world it's just cool. When you break the backboard, a wall of shattering glass will rain down on the court. This is quickly followed up by an annoyed janitor who, after appearing to curse you out, promptly sweeps your mess away. History and Trivia uh, the first player to shatter a backboard was Chuck Connors. The six foot six Connors is best known for his five-year lead role on the highly rated TV Western, The Rifleman. Before that, he played for the Boston Celtics basketball team and the Brooklyn Dodgers and Chicago Cubs baseball. What about our two players? Well, Julius Winfield Irving II, aka Dr. J, or the doctor. I am the doctor. Uh, he was born in uh, February 22, 1950. He graduated from Roosevelt High School in New York and then from the University of Massachusetts in Amherst. He started out in the American Basketball Association on the New York Nets, where he was a three-time MVP and two-time ABA champion. During the 1976 ABA All-Star Game Slam Dunk Contest in Denver, he performed the first ever dunk from the free throw line, which dazzled the crowd. The ABA folded uh, the same year, and the Nets were merged into the National Basketball Association. He eventually joined the Philadelphia 76ers. Since the ABA wasn't very popular and didn't get broadcast much, 
The NBA is where the rest of the country got to see how skilled he was. With Irving, the 76ers reached the NBA Finals four times in the seven-year span and eventually won the title in 1983 with the help of Moses Malone. Irving retired in 1987 at the age of 37. In his ABA and NBA career combined, he scored 30,026 points. And in 1993, Irving was elected to the Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame. Larry Joe Bird, a.k.a. The Hick from French Lick or Larry Legend. Born December 7th, 1956, he was the only person in NBA history to be named Rookie of the Year, Most Valuable Player, Finals MVP, All-Star MVP, Coach of the Year, and Executive of the Year. Woo! Growing up in French Lick, Indiana, he became the local basketball star. He initially signed on to play college basketball for Coach Bobby Knight of the Indiana Hoosiers, but dropped out just one month later to attend a community college back in French Lick. But just a year later, he attended Indiana State University and ultimately played three years for Sycamores. He was drafted in 1978 by the Boston Celtics, but decided to stay in college where he led his team to an undefeated regular season. The season finished uh, with the national championship game matchup against Michigan State's great Magic Johnson, thus becoming a career-long rivalry that the two shared for over a decade. Bird entered the NBA for the 1979-1980 season, playing for the Celtics, where he spent his entire 13-season professional career, leading them to five NBA Finals and three NBA championships. Bird was a 12-time NBA All-Star, won two NBA Final MVP awards, and received a NBA Most Valuable Player Award three consecutive times, 1984 to 1986, making him the only forward in league history to do so. He was also a member of the 1992 U.S. Olympic goal-winning basketball Dream Team, which also included Michael Jordan. On August 18, 1992, Bird announced his retirement, and following his departure, the Celtics promptly retired his jersey, number 33. All right, let's talk about the legacy of this game. In 1983, it was released for the Apple II. In 1984, it was released on Atari 8-bits, the C64, and the IBM PC computer. In 1985, it was released for the Coco, the Mac, and Spectrum. In 1986, he got on the Amiga. And in 1987, it got on the Atari 7800. In 1988, EA released Jordan vs. Bird one-on-one, replacing Dr. J, who had retired a year prior. Unfortunately, it was only released on the Commodore 64, DOS, Game Boy, Sega Genesis, NES, and a Tiger handheld electronic game. This game included the addition of two mini-games, a slam dunk contest featuring Jordan, and a three-point contest featuring Bird. The graphics are definitely better in this version, but the 64 version plays a bit slow. Okay, so let's now discuss my review of this game. For graphics, I gave it an 8. I'm going to preface this with the understanding that the focus is on the player graphics and not the play field. The player models are great and nicely detailed. Players are well animated, especially those 180s. However, the play field is sparse, but it gets the job done. You get a referee, backboard shatter, and a grumpy janitor who has to clean up the mess. All the information you need to know is on the screen from the score to your fatigue. Sound and music, I'm giving it a six. It's just rudimentary Atari 8-bit sounds. There's no music in the game. 
but the sounds that are used are used effectively for the referee, the crowd, to the shattering of the backboard. Gameplay. I'm going to give it an 8. This is one of those pick-up-and-play fun games. You can choose options with either time or score parameters. So you can choose how much time you want to spend playing a single game. Great job by the programmers on working around the limitations of a one-button joystick. The game is fast, challenging, fun, but better with a second player, as most sports games are. Presentation. I'm going to give it a 7. Pop in the cart and the game starts with a demo of Bird and Jay. You see the players on the court moving around and playing basketball, which is way better than what we got with hardball. The box is your regular Zegs affair, but for sports fans, you get to see a full shot of Bird and Jay, and the back of the box has a description to let you know this is the real deal. In the end, my overall score is 7.25. Okay, Michael, what about you? All right. Well, um, so some personal experiences. I'm not one to follow sports, but I have enjoyed playing them. And the video game version is no exception. Of course, both Dr. J and Larry Bird were iconic players back in the day. And although there weren't a lot of basketball games worth playing, this was one of them. For graphics, I, I give it a six. It's an Apple II port, and it looks that way. I love the Apple computer, but the Atari had some superior capabilities that could have made this a slightly better looking game instead of the direct port. Still, everything that is represented is recognizable. Sound and music, I give it a six. Again, another result of the Apple port. The sound is no greater than uh, what the Apple one-bit sound could produce. Still, I get the impression of what they were trying to do, and so it, it's acceptable. Gameplay, I give it an eight. This is where the game shines. I really enjoy playing this game and it's really satisfying to make those spinning jump shots and outmaneuvering the other player to do those slam dunks. I also like the different strategies you have to consider when playing with the different players. Presentation, I give it a seven. This is where I will fault this version of the game. Electric Arts was well known for their presentation and XCGS software sadly was not. While I won't say the EA version of the packaging was the best, it stood out shoulders above the Atari version, giving a fulfilling image of not only the game, but the game of basketball and the two amazing players featured. This version is just a poor version of an original EA version. It explains how to play the game, and that's about it. I do, however, like the demo, and it gives the viewer a good idea of what they will expect from this game. Overall, I gave the game an 8. Although I don't think my score totals an 8, this is a very fun game and a total classic. I actually think this is uh, more fun when playing human against human, so if you know other humans, get to playing. I would totally recommend adding this game to your collection, whether you know other humans or not. All-Star shortstop, Ozzie Smith. After three World Series and seven All-Star games, baseball still excites me. So when I'm through playing on the field... I love playing baseball on my Atari video game system. With Hardball for the Atari XE, you can juggle your lineups, use the DH, steal a base, adjust your infield or outfield, and pull off great double plays. I flip over Atari baseball, and you will too. Play Atari baseball, and you can win hundreds of prizes, including a trip to the World Series. I know I'll be there. Will you? Okay, let's uh, review our second game. That game is Hardball, published by Atari Corporation. Conversion was done by Sculptured Software, Inc. The year is 1987. The original Accolade version was 1985 disc. There's also a U.S. Gold version released in 1986 on tape and disc. 
and a Kix version, which was tape. The model number is RX8084. The genre is sports baseball. The developers are Dan Thompson, Mimi Doggett. She did graphics. Edgar Noel Bogus. Bogus. For sound, Bob Whitehead, who was the designer. Number of players is one, one versus two, and demo. The controllers are joystick and keyboard. Let's read the back of the box. It's the All-Stars versus the Champs on a warm summer afternoon at the ballpark. Grab a hot dog and head for the stands. Sit behind home plate, along the left field line, down the right field line, or join the manager in the dugout. You've got front row seats. Look over the pitcher's shoulder as he throws the next ball to the waiting trio of batter, catcher, and umpire. In hardball, you can hit, run, steal, bunt, and dive. Shift the outfielders, adjust the infielders, divers for the grounders, make double plays, use pinch hitters and runners, select lefties or righties for the mound, make split-second decisions, or even choose a designated hitter. The action and excitement are unlimited. Now it's the bottom of the ninth, and the league's most feared slugger prepares to belt the next offering from your ace fireballer. Will be a high or low, a curve, or a screwball. Hear the roar of the crowd, the crack of the bat. This is baseball so real you could almost reach out and touch it. What are you waiting for? Play hardball. Okay, so let's talk about playing the game. The title screen. You're presented with a pretty unassuming text on black background. In big blue letters is the title Hardball. Under that, in the smaller white letters is copyright info for Accolade and Atari and the creators of the game, designer Bob Whitehead and Atari version developer Dan Thompson. You are finally instructed to press start to begin. Let's talk about the game option screen. Before we get into the available options, we just like to describe this screen. At the top of the screen is a scoreboard displaying the nine innings you'll soon be playing. Below that are two rows with the two team names, the All-Stars and the Champs. On the right are the column representing the total runs, hits, and errors. Above all this information, you are treated with a skyline at dusk and a few clouds float over rolling hills. The U.S. flag is affixed to a flagpole, waves next to the billboard with the words Accolade Inc. printed on it. Unfortunately, this picture we painted is just a static image, but I think we've all seen a similar view in real life, so tap into those memories. Now we can choose a type of game. You'll see two columns for each team. Each row allows you to choose which team you will be playing as home or visitor. The visiting team always bats at the top of the inning, and the home team bats at the bottom of the inning. If the team has the word computer next to it, this is a single-player game. Unfortunately, there is no way to play the computer against itself. There is also the label DH next to the team, which gives you the option of having designated hitters. By the way, a designated hitter is a player who bats in the place of the pitcher. When you've decided which game you want to play, push the fire button. If you wait long enough, the game will go into demo mode where the computer will play itself, but only one inning. Game screens. There are four different views. 
You have the manager's decision screen. This gives you a menu of decisions for managing your team. There's the pitcher slash batter screen. This screen gives you the view uh, from behind the pitcher who is on the mound. From this view, you'll be looking towards home plate where you'll see the current batter, catcher, umpire, and many anticipating fans. Left and right field view. Either one of these screens will be shown whenever the ball is hit or a batter walks. Here is where you field the ball and attempt to throw to the bases and tag the runners out. On both the pitcher, batter, and field screens, the bottom will have areas designated for pitching, batting strategies, as well as the current game info such as score, strikes, balls, outs, and the current inning. To the right will be a bird's eye view of the field, which shows any players on base and if they're running. Let's talk about gameplay. We won't go into the finer details of how the game of baseball is played. We're pretty sure most people listening have a fundamental understanding of the game. So without further ado, let's talk about how we play this particular game of baseball. The manager's decision screen is where the game will start. You're presented with a pre-selected player lineup for both teams with their positions and their batting averages. The position the player is assigned to is labeled with a one or two character identifier. For example, the first base is 1B. Shortstop is SS and the pitcher is P. A check mark next to the player indicates who's at bat. How they bat is indicated with an R, L, and S. The S stands for switch hitter. This screen gives you many managing options. When your team is in the field, you can make some field defense choices. These are player substitution. As the name states, you can exchange a player on your current roster with one that's on the bench. Note. Once the player is substituted out after the first pitch, he cannot return to the field and doesn't go into the bench list. Exchange positions. Here's where you can move players' positions around in the field. If a player is not suited for that position, the message, player out of position, will be displayed. If the player is the pitcher, errors in play or poor pitching could happen. So, if you choose to do this, make sure that you pay close attention to the player's stats. Outfield. This allows you to shift your outfield position to the right, left, or normal position. Infield. Here is where you can set your team's infield defense for normal or double play. When you set to double play, your shortstop and second baseman will move closer to the second base. No intentional walk. As the name states, the game will not allow the pitcher to intentionally walk the batter. When your team is at bat, you can only do player substitution and exchange position. This screen is also at the end of each play, but the manager's choices are absent. The baseball field. This includes the three views, pitcher batter screen, left field, and right field. The pitcher's batter screen. There are pitching strategy options. At the bottom of the screen, you'll be presented with four out of eight pitches to choose from. These are fastball, straight and fast. Fastball with an exclamation point, which is straight and very fast. Off speed, straight. Change up, straight slow pitch. Curveball, big sweeping curve. For the left-handed pitchers, the ball curves to the right and vice versa for a right-handed pitcher. Screwball, opposite of a curveball. Slider, 
similar to the curveball, but curves at the last minute. Sinker, the ball drops and curves down. The manual doesn't say why you only get to choose from four of these, but it does mention that some pitchers are stronger in some pitching types. Batting strategies. To the right of the pitching strategy options are the batting strategy options. Here is where you can choose one or more batting strategies. Just like the pitching strategy, you just hold the fire button down and put the joystick in the direction of the available strategy options. Before the ball is thrown, you have the option to bunt, or if you have other players on base, you can tell them to steal. Neither player needs to make a strategic choice, but they do need to push the fire button to accept their choice. After both players have made their choices, a new set will be made available, allowing the pitcher to select the location of their pitch. These options are pitch high, outside, inside, and low. While pitched straight down the center will always result in a strike since it's fully in the strike zone. Pitches thrown up, down, left, and right have a high probability of resulting in a strike. Pitch in the upper right, upper left, lower right, and lower left have a low probability of being called a strike. While the pitch is being thrown, you can quickly make a batting strategy choice by holding your joystick in the direction of the strategy and swinging the ball by pressing the fire button. These options are pretty much the same as the pitcher ball placement. Swing high, outside, inside, low. If you don't swing at the ball and it doesn't go over the plate, a speech bubble will appear over the empire exclaiming, If it's over the plate and you swing and miss, the Empire speech bubble yells, Strike. Also note that when the batter steps up to bat, some of his statistics will appear. If you hit the ball, you're shown one of the next screens, the left and right fields. Once the ball is hit, your player at the bat will automatically run to the first base. Depending where the ball is hit, the side of the field will be shown on the screen. The fielder closest to where the ball is headed will start flashing, allowing the player to attempt to catch or field the ball by moving their joystick to the location of the ball. When the ball is retrieved, the fielder is offered a choice of bases to throw it to. Move your joystick in the direction of your choice and press the fire button. The ball will be thrown to that base. The team batting can issue commands for their runners to run to specific bases. For example, if you already have a player on second, but not on first, your player can stay on second. But if you already have a player on first, he must run to second. Just don't get too greedy or you could get tagged out. Player's notes. Here are a few things to consider when playing this game of baseball. As the pitcher gets tired, the probability of throwing strikes goes down. Batters can swing at pitches not in the strike zone, but they will not be able to hit them. When bunting with two strikes against you, if the ball goes foul, this is considered a third strike. Runners have the option of running to the next base upon reaching a base after a hit. If you tell a runner to steal a base and the batter doesn't hit the ball, then the catcher will attempt to throw the lead runner out. Scouting tips from Bob Whitehead. Here is where Bob gives you a few scouting tips on a few of the pitchers from each team. From the All-Stars, Frizina, 
throws a lot of junk. Pierce, a controlled pitcher. Atkins, nothing but heat. Estrada, ace reliever. For the champs, Uller, good screwball. James, watch for this fastball. Morlini, bullpen veteran. And Tompkins, smoke. Obviously, these are hints at their capabilities, but I think some further investigation is necessary. Okay, it's history and trivia time. So we've mentioned Bob Whitehead twice now, but who the heck is he? Well, Bob was responsible for five earlier games at Atari 2600, one of them being the launch title, Casino. He's also credited for making a VCS implementation of chess, a feat many programmers considered impossible for that system. He also did six sports games, home run and football for the Atari, boxing and skiing for Activision, and fourth and inches for Accolade. In 1978, Miller, Crane, and Kaplan co-founded Activision, the first third-party video game developer. In 1985, he and Alan Miller left Activision to create Accolade, but soon after he left the video game industry altogether to, as he said, give back to God and uh, spend time with the fam. He then helped low-income families getting nonprofit religious startups going and spending time in the garden. The game appears in the opening scene of the 1987 film The Princess Bride being played by Fred Savage on his Commodore 64. Recently, it was reported that Atari acquired Microprose, Infogames, and Accolade, which the latter was the original publisher of Hardball, a game they specifically called out in the article. So what's the game's legacy? Well, it also appeared in Atari ST, Amiga, Amstrad, CPC, the Apple II, and the 2GS, Commodore 64, DOS, Genesis, Macintosh, MSX2, the ZX Spectrum. There was a series of hardball games released after this, but uh, this was the only one released for the Atari 8-bit computer. Alright, well, I guess it's time to do our reviews. So again, personal experiences with Harbaugh. This is another sports game I played a lot back in the day. Um, and I I enjoyed it back then, but let's see how I feel about it now. Well, graphics, I give it a 9. I think this game presents a game format not seen in most games back in the day. And I dare I say it's revolutionary. For sound and music, I give it a 9. Two great sounding songs and sound effects that make you feel like you're out the ballpark. Gameplay, I give it an 8. This is a very fun game, but a challenging game. Uh, It also offers a lot of options that, to me, mimic what managing a game of baseball would be like. I I will say that the delay time for the ball to be thrown from the outfield to one of the bases seems extensive, and sometimes the movement of the players is a bit stilted. Uh, But still, since everyone will suffer from this, it doesn't make the game unbalanced. Presentation, I give it a 7. The main screen uh, with the flag, scoreboard, and mountains definitely sets the mood. I just wish the flag was waving, and I miss the intro screen from the disc version. The one provided is just sort of basic. Uh, This game presents a perfect balance of baseball, video game, and management simulator. So for the overall score, I give it a 9. I'd have to say this is the best baseball game I've played for the Atari 8-bit computer. It's possible that there are others that are slightly better, but you can't go wrong with adding this game to your collection. This to me is just a fun game. And even if it's dated, it doesn't lose that enjoyment factor. So what about you, David? What'd you feel about it? Okay. So 
So I want I want to preface my review as I usually do with the listeners that my my reviews are for entertainment purposes only. If you want to listen to a real review, you listen to Michael's review. But if you want to listen to uh, the, a review coming from a person that didn't play this game way back when and is new to a lot of these games on the Atari 8-bit um, and, and also sucks at playing games, then please listen on. So for the graphics, I give it a 9. Up until then, I played baseball games that were all bird's eye view, like real sports baseball on the Atari 5200. This would be the first 8-bit game that looked like how baseball looked on TV, at least when batting and pitching. The animations on the pitcher-batter screen look great. I like how the catcher moves his mitt, the pitcher throws his ball, the the umpire signals a strike. When in the field, you get the bird's eye view, but you also see half the play field depending on where the ball is. However, you still have an inset image of the whole screen so you know how many players are on what basis. All in all, you have a good idea of what's happening in both infield and outfield. Sound and music. I'm going to give it a six. Pretty much all the sound effects used in the game will be familiar to those that play Atari 8-bit games of that time. However, they're used effectively. The score... I gave is a bit higher as I appreciated the tunes played while the game progresses. It helps with immersion. Gameplay, I'm giving it an 8. Partly because of how they configured so many things you can do using just a joystick with one button and keeping use of the keyboard to a minimum. It's not a perfect game, that's for sure. And I do miss not hearing the Empire. And I do miss not hearing the umpire call out the strikes, balls, and you're out, like how it is on the 5200. However, you get a lot of options here. Using the system of selecting how the pitcher or batter is going to throw or swing is genius in getting around the limitations of the one-button joystick. My main quibble is that when you throw the ball, it seems to take some time to get where it's going. But I've come to understand the intention was to indicate distance. Presentation, I'm giving it a seven. It gets a lower score because they had to remove the intro screen and replace it with a very rudimentary text screen, I believe for cart memory constraints. The front of the box is a usual XCGS look, but we have a photo inset in the background of turf with a screenshot of the pitcher and batter screen, which is what made this game special and was a huge selling point. The back has a couple of screenshots too. So my overall score, when, when averaged out, is seven and a half. But since this game is such a great game, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it, I'm going to round up to eight. Well, that's about it for this review. We got another one in the can. Uh, I'd like to thank everybody who got to this point in listening. And we hope to have um, you know our next one out within hopefully not too long. Okay, thanks for listening and take care. Bye-bye, everybody. In our next episode, we jump forward to the year 3097 to compete in the fastest and most competitive game in the universe, Ball Blazer. Then we jump back in time to when pinball was king and invoke a bit of David's midnight magic. You can find our latest episodes, news, and information on our website, www.xegs8bit.com. We also have links on there so you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter. 
We'd like to thank ComputeHer for giving us permission to use her song software as our show's theme song. You can visit ComputeHer at ComputeHer.com. That's ComputeHer.com for more information. Also, thanks to the folks who contribute to and maintain the Atari Mania database, Wikipedia, and other fine results of Google searching. And in 1985, by uh, Eris, oh gosh, here we go, Erola Soft, Erola Soft from the UK. Its model number is. Why does that sound by? That sounds like somebody said, "Let's let's use the areola on a breast, (laughs) and just name our company since we we got a breast fetish. We just name our company (laughs) Areolas." You know, I feel like I got to recheck that because that just seems odd, doesn't it? <laughs> Areola? Like, I mean, that's like so close. It does, doesn't it? Um, let's see. Let's just check that real quick. A-R-I-O-L-A-S-O-F-T. Areola soft. <laughs> it's funny. I wrote this down and I didn't even think twice about it. <laughs> okay. Just until that's you read it, it out loud is when it goes, what, what? Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about the pitcher battles. Let's pick up, pick up, pick up, pick up, pepper. So, okay, okay. Let's talk about gameplay. We won't get into the finer details of how the game of basketball is played. This is a baseball game, by the way. <laughs> you said basketball. Okay. <laughs> the get, some the <laughs> get some help. Get some help. Stop it. Get some help.